This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible studies. Good to be with y'all this morning. But we see Abraham going back up into the promised land. And remember, every time they go up in the promised land, that is a picture of the promises of God. And the promises of God are are ignited in our life. Really, what it is it? It is the expansion of the kingdom of God in our life. It is the it is the kingdom of God just exploding in your life. Because when you are faithful to Him, when you hear His word, when you believe it, when you act upon it, you ignite the power of the kingdom of God in your life. That faithful obedience, not obedience to a law or a word, but that faithful obedience to the truth, to who Jesus is, and to your relationship with Him. It's not legalism. Oftentimes we want to make it into legalism. It's not. It's not legalism. What it is, it is just. It is just straight up, basically being being faithful to the truth of God and His His revelation of His will to us, both generally through His Word and both and intimately in our walk with Him. What He's doing and how He's working in our lives, us being faithful and obedient to that, ignites the kingdom of God. It brings about the promises of God in the promised land. It is the place where God, when we hear his voice and when we act, we find ourselves right in the middle of his promises because the kingdom of God is full of those promises. It's full of that truth. It's full of of the things that is going on. He says here, now the land was not able to support. He says, Lot also went went up with Abraham and had flocks and herds and tents. Now Lot's Abraham's nephew and, and Abraham, I'm sure, has got a really good relationship with Lot, and he loves Lot, and Lot's important to him. But the problem is, God's call on Abraham's life was not God's call on Lot's life. Lot saw the opportunity, he wanted to get out of his hometown. His uncle was going on a great adventure, and he wanted to go also. Abraham actually took his father with him, too. And, and his father ended up dying in Haran, dying in a place where he didn't even know anybody. And a uh, lot goes along with him. And so many times that happens in the Christian life. What happens is that people are chasing after God and and it excites other people and it excites other people about their about God's will for them. But they're not, I guess what, what would it be is they're not confident enough in their faith in God to seek out his personal will for them. And so they just tag along with someone else who is chasing wholeheartedly after God. And they got to grab hold to the coattails and, and go for the ride. And not that's just necessarily all that terrible. The problem is it's not specific for you. God loves you personally, intimately, completely. And his will for you is special for you. And so missing out on that will is, well, it's a, it's a sad thing. And you not knowing what God's will is for you, you not going knowing what God's giftedness is to you, you not knowing the purposes for which he has made you is real sad. You need to know what your personal mission is in the kingdom of God, what you can do, what you're a part of, what you're building, and how 
God is using you. I think so many times, even in husbands, husband and wife relationships, even though you're always going to be together and always going to be serving most of the time in the same place and the same church, you need a, a husband and wife both need their own separate. They need their own separate things that they're a part of. My wife is always, always, she, she for the last 20 years has been one of the leading, leading tax and, and accounting people in the state for ministers. And so she has a group of maybe 50 to 100, maybe even 150 ministers. She does her tax returns. She does she does the books for a lot of ministries, some of them for a lot, several of them for free. And she ministers to those people, especially a lot of the people that she does the taxes for, older pastors who passed away and not passed away, but have retired out of the ministry. And they actually would, they actually enjoy seeing Kathleen. They talk. Kathleen has a relationship with them. So that's a ministry that's totally outside of what I do. I don't know those folks. I don't deal with those folks at all. I really tell you the truth of the number of uh uh, older couples that she does the tax returns for that are retired ministers. I probably only know one or two of them, but she talks to them on a regular basis. That's a ministry. That's her That's her touching other people in the kingdom of God and making hope and life and providing that to a group of folks that is wholly separate from what I do as a pastor or what I'm doing as far as my ministry is concerned. And likewise, I have I'm a practicing attorney in the state of Alabama. I have a lot of clients that I deal with and I get to make a difference in their life and talk to them and speak some life and truth into them and help them along. I get to do that on a daily basis. And and my secretary or my paralegal also, she gets to do that on a regular basis, Stacy. And that's a ministry that's separate from Kathleen. She's not at work with me every day. I tell her some of the stories, but that's, those are just some of the stories. We all have our own ministry and we all are set apart for ministry and we're all set apart for a purpose. And you need to know what your ministry and your purpose is. Kathleen is generally speaking in a church drawn to the more senior adults. She likes the older adult ministry. I'm generally speaking drawn to the youth and young adult ministry. I like to deal with young men and women and encourage them to become what they need to be in the kingdom and disciple them in those years so that we'll have a we'll have a mighty army of adults, young adults coming who they should be in the kingdom. And so even in a church setting, Kathleen and I don't operate necessarily in the same areas of ministry. Although I'm a pastor and I pastor everybody, you have your own ministry. You have your own purpose. You have your own place. And sometimes you join together even with your spouse. And sometimes on a Sunday morning, you're doing your thing and your spouse is doing their thing in the kingdom. My daughter and my son-in-law do that all the time at their church. They're involved in several different types of ministries and they're doing on Sunday morning. They may not even be together at all during the Sunday morning time. He may be playing bass or he may be teaching the the junior high boys Sunday school class. She may be dealing with the little kiddos or little children in the children's ministry. She may be in her small group. She may be serving outside in the welcoming group. And it's just all the time. And what I say to you is this is a story about Lot just hanging around with, with Abraham. And what happens when you just can't catch the coattails of somebody else's ministry is their ministry generally gets so big that you can't ride those coattails for very long. It says, now the land was not able to support them, that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. <clears throat> what he's saying is that when you're doing ministry and the king and God's blessing and God's kingdom's expanding, someone who's riding the coattails of somebody else's ministry can't stay there all the time. It's just not going to be, it just doesn't work out. If you're just hanging, if you're a hanger on and you're not actually finding where your ministry is actually supposed to be, if you're doing that, 
you're oftentimes going to find it disappointing because it's disappointing to 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 be riding the coattails of somebody else and they seem to be going off doing ministry that you really are not connected with or not involved in. It can be frustrating and I've seen that happen many times. It can be really frustrating to see people uh, that you thought you were just going to hang out with and do do with ministry wise all the time down the road. And then they begin to move in areas that you're really not going to move in. And so after that, you feel like you're lost by yourself in the ministry. I'm, I'm thankful that most of my family members that do go to church with us have their own ministry and have their own purpose in the ministry. On Sunday morning, when I show up, Jason's setting up and doing that thing. He has a ministry. He has something that he's doing. Jenny's going to show up, my sister, and she's going to be singing. And, and Ashley, when the children leave, she goes out and does that. And all the family members that that I have, if, if just because you're in the church that I pastor doesn't mean that's your ministry, is my pastorate. It's, that's not the way it works. And you got to find your place in the kingdom. You got to find your position, what God's using you for, not only with just individual persons, but you got to find your place where God's using you in the body that you're in. And you got to find your place where God's using you in the world that you live in and out there on a daily basis. And by doing, you set aside your own separate ministry. You're not going to be able to ride the coattails of somebody's ministry for too long. You've got to, you've got to find yourself a place or you're going to feel left out. And by, obviously they were in the land of promise, but they couldn't dwell together anymore. That's what it says here. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Why is there strife there? Well, there's strife because the expectations that were a part of what Lot thought was going to happen are not happening. Why? Because he, he wanted to go on Abraham or Abram's great adventure. And he couldn't go on Abram's great adventure because God had a great adventure for Lot. And so it says, and there was strife between them. And that word literally means conflict. And Abraham's livestock and herdsmen and Lot's livestock, the Canaanites and the Perizzites, then dwelt in the land. And that little line right there is not insignificant. What he's saying is when there's strife in the kingdom, remember the enemy is right there watching. The Canaanites were from Ham's son Cain, from the line of from Canaan, the line of Ham. And they were the ones who were under the curse. And they're the ones who began all the all the paganism, pagan practices there in Canaan. They're the ones who forced their children through the fires of Molech. Uh, they're the ones who sacrificed their babies on the altar of Molech. And the Perizzites are the wandering people, they're the people who don't live in cities. Oftentimes, they're associated with, with banditry and robbing and stealing. And, and these people are right there, and they're right there ready to pounce. When there's some kind of separation and the reason there would be a separation, the reason often a church has strife or a family has strife in the kingdom and in ministry is because not everybody's doing what God called them to do. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. People are not carrying their weight or people are wanting what they want, but they're not doing ministry. And so it's all about them. It's not about the kingdom. It's about what they want in the ministry. And, and eventually that strife is going to be pronounced between, a lot of times it's, it's pronounced between those who work and do and those who don't do and suck off of the life of those who do. And I, I hate to call it that, but basically you are. If you're not serving God, if you're not finding your place in the kingdom, and when you're young and you're a child, sure, 
We got to take care of the children. And I'm not talking about physical children. I'm talking about spiritual children. We got to take care of them. We got to keep feeding, feeding them milk and getting them strong and trying to get them on some solid food. But once a, once a believer's on solid food and they can hear God's word and they can hear God's voice and they can sense God's purpose for their lives, they got to be about the business of the kingdom. And they got to be about the business of the kingdom for themselves and not for just anybody. And, and if they're not about the business of the kingdom, then they begin to be a spiritual leech on the kingdom. They're sucking off the blessings, but they're not really doing anything to produce the power. Their faith is not bringing about anything that makes the power of the kingdom of God available. It says there was strife there because why? Because Lot was just riding the coattails of Abram. And the blessings were getting so big that Lot Lot couldn't just hang out with Abram anymore. He had to go on his own. He had to do his own thing. It says, and the enemy's right there. The enemy's always right there to step in and cause a problem. And that is true. If you want, if you want to let the enemy in, don't don't be obedient to God's word. And the enemy's going to find a way to get involved in what you're doing. So it says. So Abraham said to Lot. Please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Notice Abraham saying to Lot, look, we don't need to have this going on. There doesn't need to be strife in the kingdom. There doesn't need to be strife in the purposes of God. We need to figure out an answer to this, and we need to figure out a solution to this. And the solution is everybody get busy doing what God's called you to do. And finding what God's will is for you, not only personally in your own life, but personally in the church, finding what God's will is and getting involved in doing it and not having to have somebody else make that happen. There's so many good things going on. I can think of people who've been in our church for 18 months. We started for a long time and they're serving faithfully. I think of the ladies that work with the children. We've got a lot of a lot of ladies. We've got a few men who help out with the children, but a lot of ladies who help out with the children. They've been faithful for 18 months. We need more to be faithful in that area. We we need more because we're getting more blessing in that area. We're we're last Sunday morning I had nine young adults in my small group. We're going to need young adult leaders, and we're going to need those situations to develop so that people can be doing ministry. I don't have to be leading that group every day. I don't have to be the one in charge of that group. Other people take up that mantle and run with it, and maybe even more blessing than I am leading that group. But whatever that is, there there's going to have to be down the road more and more. If we're going to expand the kingdom, there are going to have to be more and more people doing and being and taking on a part of the burden. And by taking on part of the burden, building the kingdom of God. And uh, I need to be willing to let go of the things that I don't need to be doing. And I need to be letting others do what they should be doing in the kingdom of God. And I, I have to be cognizant of that as a pastor myself. He said, is not the whole land before you? I love this little line here. Is not the whole land before you? And the answer is, yes, there's, there, yes, the kingdom of God is expanding out there before us. There's nothing to keep us back. There's nothing to hold us back, by the way. And, and God is prepared to do a great work, not just in your life, wherever you're at, even those who are not a part of our uh, small church. But if you think that you don't have a place in the kingdom, that is not true. It's not the whole land. It's, all, it's not all the promises of God before you. Please separate from me. What Abraham is saying is, let's separate. You go do your ministry. Let's go do your ministry. Go be who you're supposed to be. 
if you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. What he's saying is you go where you're supposed to go and then I'll find my place because I know how to find my place. I've been doing this for a long time. been following after God's will. I've learned how to do it. And I know how to do it. You find your place and I'll find mine and we'll live in harmony and we'll take care of each other and we'll look out for each other from afar. And you know what? Sometimes that's exactly what needs to be happening in the kingdom of God. Sometimes that is, that's the most important thing that needs to be happening in the kingdom of God. You need to be not worried about whether or not somebody else is going to uh, uh, be upset or something like that. You need to tell them, go find your place in the kingdom. And I'm going to help you and support you. But I'm going to let you go do what you're supposed to be doing. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. That's a good word this morning, isn't it? Let's build the kingdom. We can build it together. We can be a part of the same church and body. But you need to be doing your stuff, and I need to be doing my stuff. And and we need to be celebrating each other's victories in the kingdom. We need to be seeing each other blessed and walking in power. And we need to take advantage of all that God has for us. But we need to be doing doing it separately sometimes. And I don't need to watch over you, and you don't need to watch over me. We need to be bold, be mature, and walk in it. And when we do, the kingdom will grow. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited that God's doing that. We're going to have a big. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.